It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. And for a number of years, it's just been extraordinary as you approach September 11th to drive by Sandy and the city offices. And outside on the grass are a field of beautiful flags. And, of course, it started in remembrance of September 11th. It's now called the Healing Fields, and there's a specific meaning behind that. Today we're going to talk about the Healing Fields and its connection, too, with NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Is that correct? National Alliance on Mental Illness. Thank you. I thought maybe I had one thing wrong. Who is that? We're joined today by Kim Gardner. He is a suicide prevention director with NAMI. And uh, I appreciate you being here, Kim. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca. So your organization, the National Alliance on, on Mental Illness, right. um, is actually benefiting as a nonprofit from those who attend the healing fields. Is that correct? That's right. So let's talk a little bit about what will be happening because we're just days away from when the flags will be posted at, at Sandy City and why it's been such a powerful memorial for our community. I'm glad to be here and, and look forward to the opportunity to be part of this whole this whole event. It's just awesome. It is. You know, and there will be fields of flags, and I think the flags are posted beginning September 9th, and then they'll be up throughout the weekend. Um, I've had a chance to be there in the morning as the sun rises um, with the healing fields for a number of years. We did our morning show from there. It is a contemplative place. It is a reverent place. Um, I understand that each of those flags will have the name of someone who lost their life on September 11th. And to be able to have a place to recognize that loss that the country went through and to be able to grieve that and honor their lives is very powerful. And I'm sure you've learned that from your experience even with mental health. It is. And, you know, it's interesting when you say about having a broadcast in the morning hours at sunrise, because the, that metaphor of a new day dawning and the message of hope, and that's what really NAMI is all about. The National Alliance on Mental Illness is all about that messaging of hope um, for individuals and families that are impacted by a mental illness. And so this is a perfect partnership with uh, the, the, the Healing Field and NAMI. It's going to be beautiful. And you will be one of the speakers at the I event, am. too. And and you'll be speaking on hope. I'll be. That's mm-hmm. going to be my primary message. Will be hope, um, and uh, and how we how we can support those of us who are impacted by mental illness, and and um, specifically suicide prevention because next week is suicide prevention week in the United States, and in fact Sunday is. Um, Suicide Prevention Day, World Suicide Prevention Day, and a day of, of uh, national prayer to help uh, support those who are impacted by suicide. And so this is all coming together awesome. The timing is fabulous. And, and you know, so is the timing of talking about suicide prevention as well, because as a community, we are ricocheting from the loss 
over and over again years ago, and I'll go through back in my 50 years. This was kept very, very quiet. People did not know um, if outside the inner family circle how someone might have passed away. And now as people share and honor the lives of someone they lost, either on social media or within their community, we understand the importance of mourning and celebrating the life that was there. We are, as a community, worried and concerned about the role that suicide is playing uh, in on our family's lives. So we want to talk a little bit about that, especially since that's a specific initiative of yours. I wanted to make sure everyone knows that as we talk about the Utah Healing Fields in Sandy, you are invited to attend from September 9th through September 11th to walk through, to be a part of that. There is a special evening performance and, and show. It's a Monday, September 11th at 6 p.m. It'll be a one-hour program. It'll include the Ride to Zero. Now, that will be a motor procession carrying colors. There'll be a performance by the Utah Pipes Band, which when you're surrounded by flags and they're waving in the air and the pipes are playing. They're both mournful but powerful in, in their ability to evoke emotions. There'll be uh, other performers there, and all of that will be part of the Utah Healing Field. And so, and you'll be speaking at that program, right. as we mentioned. So, NAMI is um, benefiting from money that we raise, and your role is with suicide prevention. How do we put our arms around suicide and help prevent and stop that from taking the people that we love? Suicide is a complicated um, issue and a complicated um, matter that we're dealing with. There's there's a lot of stigma surrounding suicide and a lot of stigma surrounding mental health and mental illness, and that's why NAMI is so engaged in suicide prevention. We know very clearly from national data that about 90% of people who die by suicide have a diagnosable mental health condition. And so... As we, um, as NAMI out there in the community and trying to raise awareness for mental health and provide that support and education and advocacy for individuals and their families impacted by mental illness, then, you know, the the tie-in is so clear with suicide and suicide prevention. We're making a lot of progress, Rebecca, in suicide prevention nationwide, but in Utah, especially because we have a very strong team of individuals who are engaged in and passionate about suicide prevention and raising awareness, allowing people to talk about it, uh, to uh, state their feelings, state how um, suicide or suicide attempt has impacted them. Um, And so as we engage in evidence-based practices including treatment, including support, including education, then we are making progress. Uh, although it's a long road to hoe, we're making progress. So when you talk about evidence, um, evidence-supported evidence practices, is that the correct terminology? Right, yeah, okay. evidence-based okay. practices. So in other words, uh, research has been ongoing on right. mental health. And it has been established that if you have a few of these key things in mind, you have a much greater opportunity of preventing this suicide at the end. So right. treatment being a main key. You mentioned in 90% of the cases, they had a diagnosable mental health issue or, or an illness. So if we can get that diagnosed and treated much earlier, that provides us hope. 
So I'm so glad you mentioned that because we know that about 50% of chronic mental health diagnoses begin at age about 14 and about 75% by age 24. So those those years, those, those adolescent and young adult years are key. We have a lot of hormones. We have a lot of uh, brain development ongoing, right? The human brain's not even Correct. finished developing Correct. until the mid-20s. So during that part, that is a crisis time for the emotional well-being. Of yes. Our, our so I would say it's an opportunity for intervention, you know, to, to uh, find... Um, a proper diagnosis, because as you said, the earlier that we can begin intervention, whether that be treatment or that be uh, some kind of support, um, whether that be medication of some kind, the sooner we can get those uh, those things in place, the outcomes are going to be so much better. Because mental health conditions, some including bipolar disorder, are very difficult to diagnose, but if we can if we can get in early intervention, then we're just going to have so much better outcomes for communities, for families, and for individuals. If you've just joined us, this is Kim Gardner. He is the Suicide Prevention Director of NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. They are in partnership or a benefiting partner uh, with the Utah Healing Fields, which will be September 9th through the 11th in Sandy City. It's just absolutely breathtaking. And there is a parallel between the loss and the hope that the healing fields brings and the the loss and yet the hope for treatment and prevention with suicide as well. So that's why we're so thrilled to have Kim Gardner with us. Can I ask a, a very specific question? Because I'm, I brought this up before our interview began. Uh, we're only now, I believe, having more public knowledge and information about mental health and how to treat it. So often if we rip a muscle, we know we need to go to a specific type of surgeon we have heart ailments, we are often referred to a cardiologist and we go that way. We don't know, most of us, what to do when we have a child at the age of 14 start, start to show behavior that's out of the norm. We, you know, we expect kind of moody behavior in the teenage years, but we start to see um, behavior that's self-destructive or isolating. And we can talk about some of those symptoms. How do how do we get appropriate treatment? Where is the door to make sure we're getting the best treatment options so we can get the diagnosis early and, and, and help bring hope into that child's life? Right. So awesome question. One door we, that families can turn to um, are NAMI mentors. Uh, we have um, mentors who either have a mental health condition or a family member that has a mental health condition who have been there. NAMI is basically an organization of lived experience. And so we get it, if you want to use that term. So if people are confused and they don't fully understand what's going on, either with their child or with uh, with an adult in their, in their home, they can call NAMI and speak to one of our um, mentors who have been there on some personal level. Our phone number that they can call for the mentors is um, 801-323-9900. So that, and the mentor can help guide a family about what resources, what things to consider, maybe who to turn to. So it's important to understand that NAMI, we are not treaters, we're not clinicians, we're not psychologists or psychiatrists, we're advocates, 
educators and supporters for and experienced and with experience with mm-hmm. that lived experience. I know that when my I had a child that looked like he was displaying some learning disabilities, and as I was trying to work through the big machines of education, et cetera, I found that my best resource was to go to parents who had already learned how to navigate and were my mentors. And, and there is an organization that helps. Uh, exactly. that, and that, that was my, they gave me the confidence, they gave me the, the connections, and also told me what my rights were so that I knew what, what I could do as I championed for my child. And, right. and, and most of us, if we're starting to reach out to NAMI mentor, we're already starting to feel that sense of crisis or panic because we've not been able, like other issues, sometimes you give them a bowl of chicken soup and everything's okay. This is hard. This is hard mm-hmm. and it's complex. And, and one thing that you will always hear from NAMI is that that communication of hope, hope for treatment, hope for recovery, um, hope for dreams, because people who have a mental health condition still have goals and dreams and aspirations, and we don't want to define those of us with a mental health condition by their health condition, but just like everybody else, have those hopes and dreams and aspirations, and effective treatment recognizes the important of importance of that engagement uh, between um, a, a person and whoever's providing treatment to recognize that hey we 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 want we want that sense of hope so that just that uh, communication of hope is so awesome the phone number that uh, Kim Gardner of NAMI gave out is 801-323-9900, 801-323-9900. You can call. Just say, I'd like to talk to a mentor. I've got some questions about my child. I've got some questions about myself. I've got some, because sometimes we hide it from the, those closest to us because these are difficult thoughts that are uh, that we're dealing with, or it's a spouse or a loved one. So 801-323-9900. What about beyond the mentors? Do you do you have a general recommendation where you say go to your family practice, or do you say go to your family practice and ask for a specialist? Are, are there other steps that you recommend on the big picture for treatment? A first step that a lot of people have to take is their primary care physician. Primary care physicians, um, by far, the default mental health providers, and in many cases, uh, great outcomes can come from um, going to uh, a family care doctor, uh, a primary care doctor, and talking about symptoms, signs, issues, having a frank conversation. And then from there, um, other treatment options might be opened up. But, you know, the, the important part is to talk and to not let stigma or shame um, or even discrimination try to get in its get in our way because it can happen uh, external stigma and internal how we believe that people are going to perceive us if we have uh, a mental health condition depression anxiety bipolar that we don't have when somebody has diabetes or heart illness or something like that so that's a huge piece of what nami is trying to and I appreciate that, you know, uh, pulling from my personal experience. I had a loved one who said, I feel broken and I feel guilty that you have to be saddled with someone who is broken. And hearing those words, it was interesting because we're all in some ways <laughs> in our humanity uh, with fractures and healing points and growth and development. And so we often have this false idea of where we should be on our well-being and understanding that 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 being human has inherent illnesses that's part of our 
our life and, and being open about it and not seeing ourselves as broken, but seeing ourselves as, as fully human and, 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 and enduring an experience that's difficult, but that there is hope. Well, just like the, the heart, lung, and livers, the brain can get sick. Um, and when we have high blood pressure, we get go get treatment. If we have depression, anxiety, bipolar, we need to get help. We need to get treatment, and we should not. We hope that we are communicating at NAMI that um, that is not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed about. It is a part of our human experience for parts of our body to get ill and sick, including our brain. And it can heal? Oh, it yes. can heal again, yeah. and it does. Yeah. Okay, and so let me go back again. So one of the steps is reaching out to NAMI for a mentor, someone who can talk from experience and give you hope and uh, uh, a big picture. The next is to seek treatment uh, or diagnosis. I guess that's the first step, diagnosis, right. seeing either your primary care physician or a family practice physician, or if you can, a specialist, uh, psychiatrist, whoever it may be. Sometimes there's a long wait. For those, so that's why that uh, primary care. Then we talked about treatment. When you talk about hope, we've had we've come a long way with treatment with mental health, haven't we? We have. You know, one thing that I wanted to mention because we talked about um, mental illnesses of uh, as illnesses of the young. There are now so many counselors in school, in the school setting, in secondary schools, and including in elementary schools in some cases, where parents can turn. Um, and and seek some help and some guidance from a trained professional who may be a, a clinical or a licensed social worker or a, a licensed counselor of some kind. So, um, so the importance is even if you don't make the appointment with a doctor, talk right. to somebody. Talk to somebody. Open it talk up. Talk to a friend. Even mm-hmm. you know this is what is going going on in our family. Have you experienced this? Because. One in five people in the United States are going to experience a mental health condition sometime um, in in a year. That's what the data shows us. There's a likelihood that whoever you talk to might have something that they could contribute based upon their experience. Well, and you're paralleling it to a physical health ailment that we're more familiar with, like you said, a, a you know, problem with your heart, a problem with your liver. You know, we went through Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, or we went through training, and we kind of know some basic first aid. Many of us feel like we don't know how to help someone who is hurting uh, who has mental health challenges. We we feel like we don't know that and we need help. Is that where NAMI also comes in, giving us suggestions on how to have those conversations, how to reach, what symptoms to watch for, those kind of things? Right. One of the things that we at NAMI do and many, many of our partners, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and so many others, offer a training called Mental Health First Aid. So like first aid, it is it is designed to help the general population recognize signs and symptoms, warning signs, um, and how to help somebody who may be in a mental health crisis or uh, in a budding or emerging mental health condition. So mental health first aid is an awesome training. It's an eight-hour training. Uh, They are being offered throughout the United States and and Utah. In fact, Michelle Obama, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe even within the last year, um, endorsed 
uh, and has has come out very, very strongly about the value of mental health first aid. So that's a training that we offer at NAMI, as many of our partners do too, to help people recognize those warning signs and uh, risk and protective factors that will help with schizophrenia, bipolar illness, depression, anxiety, substance use issues, because substances, substance misuse and mental health often co-occur because people don't know what to do, so they turn sometimes to a substance when they're experiencing depressive symptoms or anxiety. Or that's quite like common, that. isn't that's it? That's quite common. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that here in Utah, as all other states are right. across the country and as other countries are around the world. Uh, NAMI, for those who have joined us, this is Kim Gardner. He is the Suicide Prevention Director of NAMI. We can't quite possibly, in 25 minutes, discuss all of the resources, all of the symptoms, all the concerns that we have around mental health. But when it comes to suicide prevention and a community-wide commitment, what I'm hearing from you is to, to make ourselves available to talk about mental health, to seek to open people up, to share our own stories, to try to destigmatize and be supportive, to look for resources around us, to reach out to people within NAMI and other organizations that have information or resources that can strengthen us? And and how else does NAMI work? Is there an office where we would go to or a web page where we can get more resources? Right. Uh, our NAMI web page is uh, namiut.org, not NAMI Utah, but namiut.org. Um, another fabulous resource for suicide prevention uh, awareness and education is the Utah Suicide Prevention Coalition, of which I'm a member um, and uh, very much engaged with. And that is uh, utahsuicideprevention.org. Many, many um, pieces on that website about education, about warning signs, risk and protective factors, trainings that are available. So there really is a very concerted, thoughtful, strategic effort to help save lives um, and uh, from suicide, death, and attempts. You know, we had a, a suicide in our neighborhood about a year ago, and um, the ripple effect on um, everyone, it was just way beyond what that teen could have imagined of, of the pain that we endured. But we did turn to NAMI, NAMI, and we turned to other organizations for advice on how to communicate to the larger youth in that area and have them, we had a licensed clinical, actually a psychologist, come and provide um, a, a free evening to talk to parents. To and the youth, school, you to, mean? Yeah, it was actually outside at a community building oh, okay. and said, let's talk. And what are your thoughts and why? And I have memories of a, a room full of people sitting down on the floor, hugging each other and listening, but feeling that sense of this is something we can prevent in our own lives this is something that we can work through, mental health, something that you can heal from, and feeling that message because it was so sobering. We just have too many community members that don't understand the value of their life because of the illness that they're enduring at that time. So it's so important, so crucial. We don't want any more neighborhoods to have to go through uh, what we did. And that's what suicide prevention is about, is preserving that one life and preserving that family, preserving that community 
and and helping us help each other. Appreciate you, Kim Gardner, for coming and joining us. We're going to have a chance to hear from you again on Monday night, September 11th, at the Sandy City building. Let's see, Sandy City Hall is at one or 10,000 Centennial Parkway. And uh, I, be- I believe the program starts at 6 o'clock. It is does. That right? And any other information about the program you're aware of? No, I think it's going to be an awesome uh, community event. I mean, a, a field of, of red, white, and blue and that and that sense of hope uh, and that reverence uh, that that uh, comes with remembrance of 9-11. We are so grateful for the partnership with uh, the foundation that brings us the healing fields uh, with NAMI um, because we recognize uh, that we are still losing people uh, to suicide death. And, and it needs to be marked and remembered. The Healing Field, the Utah Healing Field, it's the 16th annual. The first one was back in 2002, right? right? September 9th through 11th, it is free to walk through the Healing Field from dawn until dusk. And you're invited to come as a community and mark that and to also be at that special program Monday, September 11th at 6 o'clock. We'll have a chance to meet in person. Kim Gardner, thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank you, Rebecca.